ethical practices. All doctors have a good success rate. Um, it's just a generally Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So for you to be a doctor, you you would need to be competent, like, 100%. Exactly. You can't... Exactly. And med- the medical side, it's an essential field. You cannot do without it. What do you mean? Like, you will go there... You know, you have no choice but to then go there, especially if you're feeling ill. For law, mm. you can find other means of navigating around it without necessarily going the legal route. How? That means it's dispensable. I understand that, but like, how can you, how can you forego like um, law? Let's say you're being sued or like something is yeah, happening. Yeah, you, you, you only probably then need it um, when you're in like, a, in like a crisis. But let's say, for example, like the business one we're talking about. Yeah. Going the legal route is not necessarily like necessary. You can just go like the pro. There's like a proper route. I don't know if the proper route is like the legal route, but then I like to differentiate because if you're going via like the Companies Act, yeah, yeah, it is a legal route, but then it's legislation. It's not necessarily like the law happening for you. Don't worry, don't worry about my explanation. I'll explain better when I'm doing <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> but because um, I'm not. What I'm just trying to say is. Yeah. If you want to put it alongside like the medical field and the legal field, as much as you know the legal side, no matter what you send it, yeah. but medicine is, is more it, it's more critical. Alright, yeah. so it's critical, right? Yeah, it's, it's more critical. critical than law. Yeah, more critical. So when you say it's more critical, doesn't it mean that someone would take more precaution in the decision they make regarding their health than regarding the law? Well, that should be what happens. But what's on the ground is people will literally just go to any person who's a doctor. Think of it in this way. Let's say someone faints in the road. Yeah. Right? People will trust whoever says, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Even though they say that. Right? Everyone get out the way, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. And people will literally get out yeah, of the way. People will get out the way. Right? Yeah, because yeah. it's an essential practice, right? Yeah. But if the same situation was to happen um, to a person, let's say someone loses everything to death. Right. They will not just get anyone who says I'm a legal I'm a lawyer. Ah, that doesn't work. That's very true. Is that a good example? That's a good example. What? And I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out why it's like that because it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. The inverse should be true, but then it's not. People should be making more efforts to trust more medical personnel than legal people. Yeah. So is it okay, again I'm I'm gonna go backwards. Mm-hmm. Is it because the process of being a medical doctor is more rigorous than the process of being of becoming a lawyer? Um, I don't think it has anything to do with that. It's just because of the, is it like the notoriety? Like lawyers are notoriously known for being swindlers and stuff. So it's a, it's like a, it's like a black dot on the profession itself. So it's imputed on everyone. People know lawyers to be crafty, uncanny, tricky. People, yeah, yeah, very yeah, like tricksters. Yeah, exactly. yeah. People who are not always clean. Yeah. So that's probably the main reason why. So it's the reputation of law as a whole not yeah, you know, not not specific. Not specific to how long it takes to do that or even the, the nature of the profession itself. Right. It's just a reputation thing. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah so on that I wish that was the interview. Because huh? I'm saying like sensible things right now. Oh no yeah. I'm, I'm fucking recording. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording. Do you think I was trying to miss anything uh, right now? No, not really but anyway, so, um, continue. Yeah. What was my next? Oh yeah. So, what do you think of the legal system, like in the country right now? Like, is it good? Is it bad? Does it need improving? Like, what are the things that you can notice 
that are different from ours compared to others and if it's bad or if it's good. Okay, I think um, looking at it now, I'm actually glad we actually have a legal system. I think we can always just pay homage to that. But then... What, so you're saying we didn't have one? Um, we did. And I think that the element of, of us writing it down or codifying it, that's what they said, mm. codifying it actually makes it better. But I feel as if we still have a long way to go in terms of our legal system for the following reason. In Zimbabwe, we have a dual legal system. We have customary law and we have um, common law or like civil law. Civil law and? Mm. And customary. Customary. Or rather civil law, they call it general law. Yeah, let's call it general, it's called yeah. general law and customary law. The reason for that is because when Roman Dutch law was implanted in Africa, yeah. there was already an existing ecosystem. So right. they couldn't necessarily do away with it because that was the law that was reigning at the time. At the time. But the legal system then was based on what is called living customary law, which is laws that are known and regarded by people just because they've known them to be there for forever. You know? So they're not written down anything. They're not it's just common sense. It's just common sense. They're right. known in the hearts and the minds. Not necessarily common sense, but then laws that they just regarded and observed because that's what they always did. Right. Customs. Customs, yeah. yeah. Okay. So when Roman Dutch law was then implanted here by the British South Africa company, mm-hmm. um, they couldn't necessarily do away with it because that was the law that was there. So they decided to run them like parallel. That is the dual legal system. Yeah. So it's general law alongside customary law. So I'm saying that's problematic because there are so many anomalies that are happening now when they're trying to like choose which laws to apply. Um, especially when it comes to things like marriage and dissolution of marital property, mm-hmm. even dissolution of property when the person dies, right. when a person dies and tested without having written a will. A will, yeah, yeah. So it, it's difficult because where people should have been using general law, mm-hmm. when two parties agree, they then use customary law, of which customary law is known to be unethical. It's known to be inhumane in several instances. And I'll give an example. Um, customary law says that when a wife divorces, right. or when a wife is left by the husband, mm-hmm. she's supposed to go away with what's called amai and maoko property, which is basically household goods. She's not allowed to make a claim on the house, the cars, the businesses. She's not allowed to claim any of that. So looking Damn. at that against human rights, it's unequal. It's a violation of all sorts of rights. So you're saying that if someone divorced, according they would only be entitled, to, yeah, according to that mm-hmm. law, they'd only be entitled to things like groceries and like... Yeah, basic pots and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 nothing that's like stable, like that's nothing. in okay that's because of what is called male primogeniture and this whole patriarchal system that our African um, background always tries to profit. Damn. Yeah, so it's it's really suppressive of women and children because even in customary law, mm-hmm. when like the father dies. Yeah. Due to the what is called male primogeniture. Male primogeniture is when they male what? Primogeniture. Primogeniture. Yeah. Okay. Male primogeniture. It's when they give the property mm-hmm. to the oldest surviving male kin. Kid. Kin. Kin. Oh, yeah, so anyone like, in yeah, the any, family. Exactly. It could be the father of wow. the, the husband. And it could be the father of. It could be the grandfather. It could be the oldest son. So in a situation whereby there's a wife. 
and a husband and four children who happen to be maybe mm-hmm. a first one is a girl right yeah um, continue, continue. first one is a boy uh, first one is a girl then the rest are boys yeah um what happens is um, when the husband dies intestate without like a will, mm-hmm. the property is then given, according to customary law, is then yeah. given to the son, who's like the second born. Even though there's a firstborn girl, even though there's the wife. Right. So the wife is not entitled, the girl is not entitled. It's only given to the So 100% person. to the son? Yeah. Everything. So, le- so that problem only arises if someone hasn't written their will. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It only arises when someone hasn't written their will. But then the problem is... There are so many people. Zimbabwe is made up of maybe sixty-five percent of it living in rural areas. Right. That means they don't even know what they don't even know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So people just rely on customary law, and it's being allowed to perpetuate. That means this injustice will continue to go to permeate. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's a lot. So. So, well, um, that's a large process. Okay. Can someone, okay, let's say, um, I don't want to give myself an ex- as an example, <laughs> you know, but let's just say someone's father, mm. like, passes away or whatever, yeah. and his father wrote a will, but his father's part of the extended family wants parts of the inheritance or whatever, but he is entitled to 100% of it. Which one prevails? Is it like, because they're challenging him for some of the, of the inheritance according to the customary law, right? Mm-hmm. Which one will prevail or win in their case okay, when so, he has written a will? Is so it there's a will. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, the law pays utmost regard to wealth. That means whatever has been stipulated to the person who rightfully, lawfully owns the property right? Um, or the estate, that's what they call it, mm-hmm. has to have his way as long as he has written it down in the will. Okay, so that one is yeah. a non. Yeah, non-starter. you cannot even go against it. What okay. then? When problems problems rather arise when there is no will, mm. and it's unfortunate because many people in Zimbabwe they don't know what a will is. Yeah, they right. die without writing down. Okay, that makes sense. And I I think it's because it's not because okay for for the most part it's because people are, are uneducated, mm-hmm. but for the other part is because people don't think they're going to die. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying. They know they're going to die, but they don't think it's going to be now. Exactly. So. And also just the pull of culture. I mean, why would right. someone then want to write a will, you know? Yeah, it's like signing your death note. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. And people would think that's a bit ominous. Yeah, but it's and a bit backwards. Though. Yeah, it very. that's why customary law should be in some way relegated or at least harmonized to match the general laws. So you're telling me all oh, these lawyers haven't figured out a way to make it gel together, or they just um, don't care? They've tried, especially for marriage laws. Mm. But then you can never have complete synergy because, like I said, a good chunk, two-thirds of the population is living in customer law situations. Right. That means trying to then convince them to adopt a new system that have, that is probably, that's probably new to them. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time and effort. Exactly, and it will take time. Okay. It will take time. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, since you mentioned marriage, mm-hmm. let's go on to that. Um, what do you think of marriage? Um, not not as okay, <laughs> let's break this down first. Yes. Not in the legal standpoint, just like what do you think of marriage as a whole concept? Okay, anything. Um, your opinion. I think okay. From my opinion, I think marriage is. I guess it's a. It's a valid institution um, mm-hmm. from what they... And the reason why the state... Okay, I'm going to the legal route, but I'm just going to add It's okay. It's, it's, um, it's the fact real. that the state pays particular attention to it also shows 
I guess it's important in society as a form of regulation. That's what are you trying to regulate? Um, you're regulating um, the protection of children. Right. You're regulating That's um, even certain crimes that may arise due to um, the lack of marriage. So it's actually a regulatory system that the law recognizes as so, working to their advantage. So when you say the crimes that happen in the absence of marriage, you're saying that if people don't get married, they're more likely to commit crimes? Yes. But what kind of crimes are these? Um, you're looking at, of course, the rape. Right. Um, crime would obviously proliferate. There will always be um, certain people who feel the need to you know, have sex about people just Same because day. they're not necessarily married to them. Exactly. So I think marriage gives a situation where women are guarded and it just removes the promiscuity, I guess, because promiscuity is also kind of like a problem because there's also now the, the I, health factor. Okay, right. <laughs> I think I'm okay with the promiscuity except for the rape part. Like, yeah. How can someone just be like, just because you're not married, you're... <laughs> the default option is rape. Like, that's not okay. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a deterrent because if, if they now know that someone is married... Mm. Um, they may, of course, fear the threat of the husband. Right. They may then, of course, fear the threat of the law because um, the moment someone is affiliated to someone else, they automatically have some level of influence over them. Right, some backing. Okay. So I guess it's, it's beneficial in that sense. But, of course, from like a, my own opinion, yeah. I guess it should be, it should be put in place, I guess, for, for those reasons. And I guess people tend to be promiscuous when... They are not given certain institutions. <laughs> I think people were promiscuous, like nonetheless. Yeah. But anyways, um. Mm. So yeah, why do you think the? I know this state. Okay, I might be sounding a bit cynical and a bit like conspiracy theoristical, right? Mm, yeah. But why is it that? I have no problem with the state or anything handling affairs, but why is it that the state values marriage so much? if it doesn't bring a return to them in the immediate future. Like, it's not something like, let's say, like, taxes. I'd understand if the state was really, like, pressed on about taxes and they're like, you guys need to pay your tax on time, your bills, whatever, because it's things that drive the economy. Mm-hmm. So what is the state gaining from marriage? Because I know the state is gaining something. The state wouldn't do anything without gaining something, 100%. So what do you think the state is gaining from the institution of marriage? Okay. Uh, I like the fact that you said... The return is not immediate, immediate. Right. but I'd like to beg to differ, actually. I think the, the, the return mm. is very immediate um, because, of course, the reduction in crime is definitely something to, to commend. Mm. And secondly, the custody of children is always guaranteed better when it is under the auspices of a marriage. And I say this because without some legal marriage setup mm-hmm. things like maintenance um wouldn't necessarily be there because um these people would have had you know some relations maintenance of what of the of children the, of the children yes okay, right. and as well the, the courts have an obligation to take care of children mm-hmm. and the only way they can do this without the immediate supervision is through family or setups or marriage right of course children can be taken care of um when it's just a man and a woman but, but it's then, harder to yeah, monitor. Exactly. But a marriage kind of gives them that obligation. Okay. Yeah, because they now have a duty to do that. All right. So we're saying, yeah, the state's benefit is merely just an ethical obligation to... Yeah. Okay. To that's, take care of That's good. That's good. Yeah. 
Um, okay. That's that's. I have my own different views on marriage, but I don't think they really apply to the situation because they're more on the. I mean, I just feel like if you if you feel like if you're in love with someone, I don't feel like there's a need to get the law involved. But I totally understand where you're coming from and the children and all those implications. So. I don't think I want to press you on that too much because you're, you're actually obliterating me. <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. Yeah. So my next question was, right, since we're, all, we're talking about law and whatnot, what do you think... Okay, not what do you think. What is a crime? What's, what's the definition of a crime or what's understood to be a crime? Because I understand what a crime is, but at the same time, I don't know what a crime is in the sense that if I do something unintentionally, I don't know if it's reflected as a crime or if it's just a mistake. Okay. What's what's the barrier between those two things? Okay, so I think a very broad legal definition of what a crime is could be an offense or conduct that is penalized by the state. Um, and if I should just add, what makes it different from just a normal civil offense mm-hmm is that in this case there's no penalty but there's compensation um for Sorry, example, what? so I'll, I'll use an example to explain okay a crime and a civil offense right. right a crime is when you do something that directly contravenes the law and attracts a penalty mm-hmm. and the penalty can be either imprisonment or fines or fines right. exactly um and then a civil offense that requires compensation could be um maybe what is called adultery damages, um, where you just have to pay a figure to compensate for that, or you damage someone's car, that's not necessarily a crime, Mm -hmm. but people then require compensation for those items. And what I also believe um, to be a crime is anything that has been said by the state to be a wrong, that then attracts, like I said, a certain punishment. So um, you were asking about whether someone could commit a crime unintentionally. Unintentionally or intentionally. Where the presence of mind is there to commit a crime or I just did it by mistake. Okay. So there is actually a common law presumption. Like I said, our law is based on Roman Dutch law, which is based on common law. So there's a common law presumption that states that no person shall be said to be guilty of a crime without what is called mens rea. So mens rea is the guilty mind or the state of mind. That means for any crime to be called a crime, there is a need for the action, which is mm-hmm. what is called conduct, right. and the guilty mind, which is like the mens rea. Right? So the guilty mind is someone being like, I'm going to do this. Exactly, right? which, of which that is called intention. Intention. So the, yeah, there are, two, there are several, not several, there are not that many. Mm-hmm. There's intention, there's what is called the real risk or possibility, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's also knowledge. I can use those three. Um, so for intention, you definitely intend to do the crime. You want to kill someone, right. and then you go ahead and you kill the person. That's direct intention. And then you have what is called real risk or possibility. Um, say you're about to shoot at... Um, you want to shoot in a crowd full of people. You want to shoot like a buck or like a <laughs> impala. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and decided to find what's, its way. What's a buck doing <laughs> in the middle of people? Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. how I'm just trying to give an explanation. You never know. You might yeah, just find you an impala. Know. Yeah. Or you just want to kill something right. and you have your gun. Mm-hmm. But you realize or you can have the possibility of injuring or killing someone because it's an area where there are a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then someone dies. Right. Although it's not your direct intention to kill a person, but a person has died. The law will say that you, you know, there was a real risk or possibility that you could kill someone. That means you understood are, it. Exactly. 
therefore you have men's rare and of course the content of killing a wow person. wait so you're saying yeah. the fact that you understand the risk of there being someone dying yes you you inherit the men's rare you inherit it that's what then is called indirect intention to lose eventualities wow wait yeah. that's crazy yeah because they're saying law should work for reasonable people if there's no reasonable person in society, then the law cannot necessarily Rule be effective. Exactly. Yeah. So if you are reasonable enough to know that aiming a gun at a passing buck, like we said, mm-hmm. in the presence of a crowd of children... Um, is risky. Exactly. is risky to any reasonable person. Right. So if you then... Rather, if death then occurs due to your conduct, which is shooting at this buck and you miss or whatever... You're entirely responsible. Exactly. You so, have committed murder. Wow. So, after concluding that you've committed murder, the sentence or whatever the repercussions you face are equal to that of someone who has the actual guilty mind where he's like, I'm going to kill this person. Exactly. Although sentencing differs with different situations. If you commit murder under aggravating circumstances, let's say you stab someone like 30 times, Mm. of course, that will be used um, during your, 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 your sentencing as like a, either it's called a mitigatory factor or an aggravating factor. To either lessen or worsen your, your, your sentencing. Okay. So mitigating is something that reduces the sentencing. Okay. Exactly. Wow. So, just for example, I'm not saying people should go and stab people, but like, yeah. let's, say, let's say you happen to stab someone 30 times. Mm-hmm. Would that be a mitigating factor or an aggravating factor? Um, it would definitely be an aggravating factor because they're now looking at... Um, the extent of, of damage. I'm going to use the word damage, but it's not necessarily applicable to human beings. Mm. But um, the the ruthlessness of that situation. Of course, the law may seem arbitrary and very blocky. Binary, yeah. But then, because it's being administered to by legal officials mm-hmm. who are human beings, they right. obviously have a certain level of humanity they have to mm-hmm. include. That's why, um, of course, the, the, the death penalty can also be imposed. Because they're saying, I mean, if you could ruthlessly kill someone 30 times, then you're not necessarily worthy of of life itself. Wow. That's what the law then would say. So, yeah. Damn. Mm. But you you did say that, um, let's say you stab someone 30 times. Mm -hmm. Aren't there, like, circumstances that would not qualify it as valid, but would make it such that you wouldn't seem so bad because a situation in which you have to stab someone 30 times, some, something wrong had to have happened before that. So wouldn't the law consider that for someone to actually go on the offense, someone, let's say someone who has no crime record, nothing on paper, just goes and stabs someone 30 times. Mm-hmm. It's not just like something that popped up out of nowhere. Wouldn't they consider something that happened before that and use it as a mitigating factor? What doesn't matter is just the result. Um, they will obviously weigh both options because, of course, that person may have killed someone um, by stabbing them thirty times. Mm. Um, of course, the the prosecution will be proffering that you know right. this person killed someone by stabbing them thirty times. Right. That's the aggravation. Yeah, to the jury. Yes, will be and, like, and yeah. but then there's always the defense, and the defense can raise certain points such as this person has a family, mm. and if you kill this person. These children will not have their father, right? 
which is then a reason why marriage, like we said, is important because it helps certain people to be absolved from some from crazy crimes. Crime. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, so I totally see. Yeah, if you have a wife, if you have an infant, if this person has never had a criminal record, that's also included. Mm. If this person has had a terrible past, the law looks into that. The law looks into everything. I think the misconception many people have is that the law is inhumane itself. It has no soul. Um, but you can definitely see certain elements of it being ethical and equitable. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, I've learned a lot. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, so let's move on to something lighter and <laughs> not killing people. <laughs> that's dreadful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what would you say to someone who is... Because, Mima, I don't like to put myself in boxes, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do acknowledge some of the traits I have. So this is advice to me and advice to some people out there who might need it. What did you say to someone who is interested in starting their own, like, not per se business venture, but something that it includes transactions between people? So they, they might be getting money from people for offering a service and whatnot. Are there any implications of doing that without your name being on record as a company or anything like that? Or is it totally fine to just go by and do whatever is going on? Okay, so I think it's essential for anyone who is looking to have like a business venture or anything that yeah. involves some transaction to, I think, pay pay some attention to 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 the law itself. Mm -hmm. If you know that your business is definitely going to go big and um, at least you have certain provisions for that, it'll be in your best interest to register your company under the Companies Act. As early as possible. As early as possible. Although some people decide to delay a bit so that they can actually see whether their business will be viable. Viable, right, right. Yeah, because the last thing you then want to do is to register a company that will then, of course, start attracting um, certain payments like yes, exactly. um, when your business will fail not making money exactly so if you definitely see the potential for growth yeah um, and if your company has actually started to grow you'd rather then um, register it okay. and also if you're not dealing with your clients because this is where many legal problems arise mm -hmm. with clientele you would rather have you if you're in a supply business and um, you get money, then you provide a service. Mm -hmm. You would rather have pseudo contracts or even proper contracts that like you can, NDAs, yeah, that. so that you could you can have some legal binding of some sort because the law recognizes contracts. Um, although the law recognizes what are called oral contracts, you would like say verbal, for, yeah, verbal ones. You would rather have just something you've written down written. because the court will always, you know, think of that. Okay, absolutely. So, okay, wait, just give me a minute. Marriage. What's that? It's so in Zimbabwe we have two registered marriages that are recognized. Right. A civil marriage, which is like the five eleven, what is called an, a registered customary marriage, then an unregistered customary union, mm. which is not necessarily recognized by law. Many people have that. Many people. Is that like water like Ooh, paying water? Yeah, and just telling the girl's parents and your parents get yeah, together. Yeah, we're yeah. together, type of thing. But yeah, I think the law kind of wants to run away from that because ladies in such a situation end up getting the disadvantage. You know. Yeah. I but I guess totally if you, that. I guess if you are just clear with each other from the beginning, mm -hmm. 
that could be really viable. Clear with what? Like, what are we doing with our property? Right. What your economic intentions or what? Um, what, what are you setting? I know it's like having like the end in mind from the beginning. Yeah, which is yeah, bad. exactly, exactly. But it's not like on on your honeymoon you're gonna be telling your yeah, broad like, yeah. hey, yeah, if this doesn't work, <laughs> you'll be like, dude, what the fuck are you saying? Exactly. But then, if it was possible to do that, right. if you were both really open-minded people, you should you could be like, okay, fine, we are madly in love, but let's just put this down. Right. Right. If anything was to happen, but God forbid, mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. If you just agree to that, you will not have any interference with the rule at all. But you know what? It's not like people don't agree at the start. People disagree at the end. And when people disagree and that they means have no business for us. Yeah, and they have malicious intentions and people start lying and all that sort. Mm-hmm. That's why I understand why it's always right to write it's always right mm-hmm. to write things down. So marriage you, you know marriages can be handled as what is called a tacit partnership. A what? A tacit partnership. Tacit. Which is basically saying, we're not necessarily married. You can call it that from the face of it, but we're kind of like in a partnership. You could have it. Then whatever, like yeah, whatever then happens, you just divide 50-50. But that's... But you know what? That's tricky. Because what if you're not getting into the marriage with 50-50? What if you get into the marriage with 90-10? Yeah, that's then what happens when there's community of property or in out of community of property. So when you get married, out of community of property means... Whatever you had before the marriage, mm-hmm. whatever she had, it remains that way. Whatever you then have conjointly, that's then what is divided. So that's community of marriage. Out of community of Out property. Out of community of okay. property. But if you get married, which is what many people do, people get married in community of property. And they consolidate everything. They're like, yeah, whatever money I had, whatever house I had, it's ours. That's kind of crazy. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I'll get in a marriage probably with like a lot of shit. Exactly, you know. And I want my shit back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because you never know. You literally never yeah, know. Yeah, you never know. You never I think know. I think for you, if I should just make a deducement. Um, right. Give I me, think it's the... Yeah. Give, me, give me my life. <laughs> I give you your life? Yeah. <laughs> well, I can give you your life, but I'm giving you this one first. Just tell me what I'm I'll then give you your life later. Okay. okay. I mean, I think for this one, it's just the uncertainty of it. Mm-hmm. That's probably what... That's your biggest hurdle. Issue, yeah. The fact that... So much of it is not within your control, right? Because you are naturally like a control freak. That's what you are. So it's yeah, I, won't, I won't deny that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's it's a control thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Which is odd because you you're someone who probably naturally has control, naturally to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's all in the mind. But if you want like a total breakdown of like like one on one right yeah, now, yeah. Tell me what what am I meant to do? Like what am I? Because, dude, we're trying to look for love out here. Um, <laughs> no, I'm yeah, I'm I playing. think... I'm playing. Are you? I'm playing. I'm not looking for love. Don't nobody listen to this. Out of our control. <laughs> Unless you have, like, a pill that says, you know, no love allowed. But Just give them that. Continue. Well, so you're saying, what, you have, like, a dark heart that does not yearn? No, no. That's not what I'm saying. So that's, what are you, you see, that's where people get me wrong. So and help us I'm actually that. glad that you gave me this opportunity to <laughs> rectify that. Because people tend to think that... I'm somehow like some cold and feeling person. Like no, like, dude, like I'm literally like everyone else. I will, I will gravitate towards like what I like, and I will feel like being attached to someone yeah. for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. despite what my brain is telling me. Like that's bullshit. Don't do that. Mm. But at the same time, maybe you said it before because you said I'm, I rationalize too much. But when I then get back on the logical 
train of things it doesn't make sense to me because if i'm if i'm getting into something with someone that i believe i will spend my whole life with i shouldn't need to sign anything i shouldn't need to sign a prenup i shouldn't need to say anything about it like this is what's going to happen but for my own protection i feel like i need to right so you see those two sides of the story where i feel like i need to and at the same time i feel like i shouldn't have you know what i'm saying right like i shouldn't have to because i trust you it puts me in such a gray area where i don't feel like i can make a decision whether to do it or not to do it not to do it right so it's that's a dilemma i'm stuck with and okay. it kind of does yeah it's really mm. it's it's not that easy to yeah to i think in as much as love is a beautiful force yeah. it can also be very blinding right because exactly people exactly. then of course go into all of this imagine um there's a theory of law um yeah. as to like the origins of law which right. is called the social contract theory yeah. right so people um get into a contract with the state when mm-hmm. they do elections and they like they vote for their government that's like you signing the social contract saying you want to be run by this person mm-hmm. and i kind of think it's the same you're saying okay now you know the state should kind of protect my marriage it's all protective in nature um everything that we do by law it's just to protect to protect to protect. just asking for protection exactly you're just asking you in whatever way companies yeah. act it's asking for protection. protection for maybe your assets and whatever you have interest in right marriage asking for protection mm-hmm. whatever property you'd have acquired children it's whatever. all protective right. exactly so I think maybe it's probably the view of not you not wanting to be confined to any certain parameters um that that probably gives you all um such a view which is very much embraced because I also think about it I I may have like a legal stance because I'm in you know the profession now right. but then I feel as if some things shouldn't be protected by law exactly because the law itself who controls the law it's the government True. Exactly. Who so controls the government? Who controls yeah, the government? It's no one. Some yeah. Or it could be everyone who wants to have a certain life happening a certain way. Their outcome, yeah. Exactly. Right. It's all based on interest. So it and you know how law always protects the rich and those in power. So it's it's kind of cryptic. But we just comply because come on, human beings we love to to, to follow. Yeah, right. To follow. Right. We we don't want to be out of the norm. We don't want to be Oh, he's boss. different. Yeah, yeah, no. You yeah, want to be we, the same. Yeah. Exactly. We never want to be out there. And the moment we're out there, we're looked at with disdain. We're looked at with, oh, what is he doing? Yeah. People don't understand. What does he think he is? Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. don't fear that. Yeah. So because of all that social pressure that we have to face, people mm-hmm. just get married. You'd be surprised. Many people didn't actually want to get married. Imagine 30-year-old, I was talking to some friends of mine, mm-hmm. um, and I was actually in a group chat. and. Yeah. Someone, I can't order, and now everyone else was saying congratulations, congratulations. Then someone said, you know, now it's your turn. Come on, you're like thirty one. You might as well, you know. So it's pressure. Everything so you're turning doing, it on someone else. Yeah, people just use all these social contra- um, constructs to just you know pressure turn against people. Yeah. That's why culture is a bit of a fallacy sometimes because right. we're all doing things that we don't really want to do to impress people we don't really care we don't, about. We, exactly, exactly. So, Man, I think you just summed it up right yeah, there. That's yeah, that's basically what we're doing. Yeah. Just playing along. Wow. No, that's great, bro. Um, mm. I don't think I have any more questions. You've, you've finished everything for me today. So, I think we're going to end it there. If anyone has any questions or anything they would like to say, you can either just reply to this or 
replied to Mark, well, I'll put his link down in the description and whatnot, and you guys can contact him. So, otherwise, have a great day. Peace.